Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. You're listening to The John Cordray Show, number 25. In this episode, I'm asking the big question, can your brokenness really be beautiful? This is The John Cordray Show, the infusion of mental health and healthy living. Welcome to the green zone of inspiration, encouragement, and enlightenment. Discover how you can feel better so you can start living better. And now, your host, your friendly neighborhood therapist, a national certified counselor, a leading voice of emotionally healthy living, and the mental health dude, John Cordray. Well, welcome back to the John Cordray Show. If you've been listening for a while, I really appreciate you. Uh, And if you're new, I certainly appreciate you as well. If you're just trying to figure out who in the world is this guy named John Cordray, uh, I am the host of this show, as you probably know, but I'm also a therapist and a national certified counselor, and I actually have a private practice that I see clients every day in my office, and I use this show as a way to really help people, and, and, and my passion is to help as many people as I can, and that's really why I started this podcast. Uh, it's been an amazing journey, and you are here because you want to know. You want to get some encouragement. You want some help in some way with your struggle in life, and I really appreciate that. You're taking time out of your day to listen to me, and I feel honored for that. Uh, So welcome to those who have listened before and those who are new. I really appreciate you. So today, uh, I wanted to talk about um, an old post. I I did this blog a a while ago, uh, but it's something that keeps coming up and up in my office, in my practice, and the title uh, is, Can Your Brokenness Really Be Beautiful?, and this is episode 25. And I want to say right at the front here, uh, I will be talking about God. I will be talking about the Bible. But for those of you who don't believe in God and for those of you who uh, just are despised and turned off by Christians, please don't tune me out because I have what I think um, I have a lot of good things to talk about. And whether you believe in God or not, this is a, a show or, or an episode that you, I think, can really benefit from. And so give me a shot. Give me give me a few minutes of your time today. I'm not going to be preachy, I promise. Uh, but I want to share my heart because as a therapist, uh, I see and I often hear stories that would break anybody's heart. From little children to grown-ups, their stories are heartbreaking. And I see, as a, as a counselor, I see 
people at their worst, right? When they're struggling at their worst and where they're at the bottom of the barrel, so to speak. And their stories would break your heart. And I'm not going to talk about their stories here. That's not my point. But my point is that you and I both have a story to tell. And sometimes that story can be very hard and difficult. Whatever your journey that you have been on, you have a story. And so many times that I've talked to people and they tell me that they feel broken inside. That they're hopeless. That they're all alone. Nobody cares about them. And that's just not true. People do care about them, and that's how they feel. And so I really wanted to talk about this because there is a, uh, a, a I think a lot of times people think about brokenness and they, and they think of that, well, there's, there's the people who are successful and they have it all together. And, and then there's the people who are always depressed and anxious and they don't have it all together. And there's kind of the in group, the popular group, and then the out group and the not popular group. And, and you know, that's just not the case. And I talk to a lot of parents who weep over the condition of their child and, or maybe the state of their family. And, and a mom who sobs over the fact that, that your child is depressed and miserable and suffering years of abuse. Or maybe a dad that was, is riddled with guilt for failing to foresee that his own son would attempt suicide. Or a little seven-year-old saying that his life is over because he feels like he must choose sides in a bitter divorce. All this stems from brokenness. And these are all true stories. I'm not going to go into detail, but these happen. And they're happening all the time. And they may be happening to you. You may be asking the very question, can my brokenness really be beautiful? And I'm going to answer that right now. And I'm going to say, yes, a big yes. Your brokenness can be beautiful. You know, as I talk about this subject, I'm struck with the question, what does it mean to be broken? What exactly does that mean? And, you know, I did a real quick search in the dictionary and I found definitions of brokenness. And I, I find things like run down or kaput, out of order, not working and wrecked. I don't know about you, but when I come across the machine that I rely on for coffee, if I get up in the morning and my coffee machine is out of order, I am not a happy camper. If I have to use the restroom and there's a sign that says out of order or, or insert cleaning, out of order for cleaning, I'm not a happy camper. In fact, <laughs> it, it's, I could ruin, it could ruin my, most of my day if I don't get the coffee that I want. Now, that's never going to happen. Even if I have a broken coffee machine, I will get coffee. Trust me. But you know what I'm saying. You get my point. None of us enjoy things that are broken. How could we? If something doesn't work, it's a huge inconvenience to our daily lives. If we buy a product that's broken, we take it back. If we have a computer that crashes or it's too old, we're quick, quickly to discard it and get a new one. But what if we are the one that's kaput? What if someone we love is wrecked? What then? 
Unlike a product, we can't take it back or get a new one, no matter how bad we may want to. You may want a new life, but you can't get a new life. You can't, you can't just take it to the store and, and get a new life. You may want to, but you can't. And the longer that I'm a therapist, the more I'm convinced that all of us are broken in some way. It just that some seem to be more broken than others at different times of their day. You know, I have to confess my brokenness. If I'm going to talk about other people's brokenness, I want to talk a little bit about mine. And uh, if you've been listening to my show, my episodes for any length of time, you probably have heard me uh, maybe stutter or a lot of times I get stuck on particular words and I can't enunciate them real well. Well, when I was in grade school, I had to go to a specialist uh, a speech that, uh, see, there we go again, a speech, uh, specialist. And I just remember, I don't remember a whole lot about that, but I had to go and, and, uh, get some instruction on how to speak clearly. Uh, there's something in my brain, I guess, that makes me tongue tied. And, and, uh, you may have discovered that as you listen to me. And I remember that feeling I don't remember what was said, but I remember the feeling of having to leave my classroom and go to the special class or the special office and talk to somebody. Now, it might be a little bit different now, back, but back when I was a child, it was there was a stigma that if you had to get help, then people talked and wondered. At least it felt that way. And so I, I got the help. And it did help, but I still struggle with that sometimes. And I do public speaking, you know, and I went, my undergrad is in radio and TV. And you might be wondering, well, why are you doing this? Why are you on the podcast if you have a speech problem? And my answer to that is, so I, I grasp and I understand my weakness, but I'm not going to hold that back from helping other people and neither should you. But often we do kind of get in that mindset, don't we? That we have some type of weakness, and then therefore we tell ourselves, well, we can't do that. We, what, what, who am I? I? I can't do what they're doing. But, you know, I think we need to embrace our weakness and use it for the good and help other people. And that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm not perfect. You know I'm not perfect. You listen to me and you hear me kind of stumble over words. And that's okay. And my number one passion is to help people. And the most way, the biggest way that I can help people is to have a show like this. And you're listening, and hopefully, I'm helping you in some way. So I had to tell you my brokenness. My I, now I have other things too that I can add to that list, but that this one is kind of more prominent because you're listening to me and you hear me kind of stutter or trip over words. And, you know, I'm not ashamed of that. And I'm completely okay if you are, uh, if you're listening and you tune me out, that's okay. And, uh, but if you're listening and you're, you've been listening for a while, I, I appreciate your patience with me as you listen. And, you know, this brings me to the whole, the Bible thing. God. Now, again, I want to say, uh, 
that I, some of you have had some really bad, bad experiences with church, organized church, organized religion. I get that. Maybe your parents were very, very strict, and now you don't like anything or don't want anything to do with the church. I get that. So this is not me preaching at you. It's me just sharing what's on my heart and what I have learned. And I certainly don't preach this in my sessions, although I am not ashamed to call myself a Christian and to say that I'm a Christian counselor. I just don't bash it over people's heads. If people want it and they want me to talk about my faith, then I am so ready to do that. But it's not my mission to beat them over the head. So I just wanted to give you this little introduction and let you know that because I don't want you to feel like this is a bait and switch that you've been listening to me for a while and, and maybe you're, you're, maybe the title uh, attracted to you and all of a sudden you're into this and now I'm talking about God. Well, I'm, that, believe me, I'm not trying to do a bait and switch. But if I'm going to talk about our brokenness and the things that, that get us down and the things that can really prevent us from living a good life, and then I have to talk about God. That's just part of who I am. And when we're the topic of kaput and brokenness and wrecked and and our weaknesses, it reminds me of the book of Romans and specifically the book of Romans chapter three, verse 23, just one verse. It says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And that little word, it's one word with three letters and it's all for all have sinned. We all have fallen short of the glory of God. No one is perfect, my friend. Everybody has fallen. Everybody is broken. And so our brokenness, if you will, is the result of sin. That's my opinion. Our brokenness is the result of our sin. Either we're our own sin, something that we were intentionally did, or we have been sinned against. It could be the fact that we live in a fallen world and our bodies are fallen. You could be broken and there might be a weakness that you have and it was not your fault. You know, my struggle with trying to enunciate when I speak, whether it's here on my podcast or whether it's in my office when I'm talking to clients or when I'm speaking in a public setting with a group of people. We'll be back after a quick break. The year was 1846, and Sarah Graves was 21, a newlywed, and had dreams of moving to California. But an encounter with a group known as the Donner Party would change her life forever in a fight for survival that some would live to never speak of again. Here on The Land of Odd, we're a history podcast that covers the odd, macabre, and inspiring stories that you won't find in a textbook. At the time, two brothers were kidnapped by the circus to the connection between jazz and voodoo, or the double murder that inspired America's obsession with true crime. Listen to The Land of Odd, a history podcast, on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. I recognize... My fallenness, and it's not the fact it was my fault. I was born with this, and I had to accept it. And 
we have to accept one another's brokenness. And, and this is kind of the biggest, my biggest point of this episode is that we need to stop judging other people's brokenness. We got to stop. Stop judging that person that is different than you. Stop judging that person because of some form of brokenness in their own life. My goodness, you don't know their story. Don't judge them. Don't judge the book by its cover as it goes, the saying goes. It's the same way with people. You wouldn't want people to judge you, and maybe perhaps you've had people judge you because of your brokenness. And I think our sinful nature tends to rear its ugly head, and we are so quick to judge or point out someone else's weaknesses, as if almost to make us feel better. Oh, well, they struggle with this. Well, they have a speech problem, and I, I don't have the speech problem, so I'm a little better than them. No, that's not, that is not at all what you should do. Life is hard enough to, to struggle as it is, and then to have someone judge you for it, it makes it a whole lot worse. You know, I think of parenting and, and how easy is it to think that your child is so much better than someone else's child because they don't behave that way. Or maybe you, you don't have children and maybe you're at a restaurant or the grocery store and a child is acting up and immediately you're thinking, man, that parent's not doing a very good job. I can't believe it. Or you're sitting down in a restaurant and you're trying to have a quiet conversation with the person you're with. And then next to you is a big family and, and a crying baby and you're just mad. And you're judging the parents and you're angry and you're upset and how dare they interrupt your dinner. But you may not realize that they have a story. Maybe that child is suffering from some kind of disorder or discomfort, and you just don't know. So don't judge. You know, the whole story of children and raising children actually brings back a, a, a memory that I have back when you know we have two, my wife Julie and I have two teenage children now, but when they were born... Uh, we were very quick to judge other parents, and here's why. We would, my wife and I would often see other children get out of control, and they become rowdy and disrespectful towards their parents, and, and we would think, boy, we must know how to be really good parents. This was when our first child, Anna, was born, and Anna was a great child from the very beginning, still is, very mild, she can just take care of herself. She didn't really cry that much. She did, but she could be comforted very quickly. She didn't get into trouble. She was just like, okay, you, no one's perfect, but she was like that perfect child. And so it was easy for Julie and I to think, well, man, we're pretty good parents compared to everyone else. I mean, gee, their, their child is getting out of hand. And then uh, <laughs> we, we later on, my son was born, Noah, and then we knew right from the get-go that he was going to be a high-maintenance child. That's when we realized, when I realized, uh, well, 
maybe we're not such good parents after all. And maybe the other parents were doing the best they could. Now, my son's great. Don't get me wrong. I love him to death. He's just different. He's different from Anna, and he has different personalities, and, and his temperament's different. But my point is, we are, can be very quick to judge other people when we don't really understand. We don't know what their brokenness is all about. We don't take that in consideration. And so, like I said, we're all broken, but some people's brokenness is just a bit clearer. Right. Sometimes it's easy to look at somebody who's in a wheelchair and know, oh, I, I can see their brokenness. And then it could be a lot easier to say, I mean, I, I can have a lot of empathy for that person because they're in a wheelchair and I, I could never, I don't, I don't know how I would do it if I was stuck in a wheelchair. But it's a whole lot different when you see somebody who is depressed or anxious it's not really a physical thing, but you see their behavior and, and then it's so quick to judge them. The invisible brokenness, I think, is sometimes the worst. And maybe you have that invisible brokenness, whether it's depression or anxiety. Maybe it's OCD. Maybe it's anger. You know, there's all kinds of things that are beneath the surface invisible to to everybody else, but you are still broken inside and people can judge your behavior and that's terrible and it should never happen. So my question is then, who is it in your life that you are quick to judge their brokenness? Maybe you are a teacher and you misinterpret your student's brokenness as bad behavior or simply as a thorn in your side. Perhaps you have that one coworker that's always getting on your nerves. Or maybe you have a very needy friend or a family member that just can't stop calling you. But I'm confident that you are thinking of someone at this very moment. Someone that you have a hard time getting past their behavior and seeing their brokenness. That person that just kind of rubs you the wrong way. The person who goes 20 miles an hour and you are in a hurry in your car and driving to work or wherever. I'm confident you're thinking of somebody. You know, maybe you don't want to think about their brokenness because their bad behavior is so repulsive to you. And you're just so upset because they're, they're inconveniencing you. Just don't forget, we all have a story. We're all broken. That child, that, that student that may be disrupting the teacher's classroom might be going through a, a divorce with their parents. Or maybe that they have been abused and they're acting out. That person driving 20 miles an hour may have heard the worst news of their lives. And so they're driving slow. You just don't know. We'll be back after a quick break. Hi, this is Ross, the host of Smells Like Humans. Each week, we talk about the curious things that people do. This show is for you when you're in the mood for unscripted, lighthearted conversation, personal stories, and 
and just a smattering of psychology and information you can use. I promise we will make your day pass a little faster and put a smile on your face. Sometimes silly, sometimes serious, but always fun. Please join us, because no matter who you are, we all smell like humans. Please follow the link in the show notes. I remember when I was, uh, I, I don't even remember what it was I was thinking when I was driving. This brings up a, a, a flashback, if you will, for me. I was driving to church, no, no less. So it was a Sunday morning. And I was driving, I was probably driving, I think I was driving the speed limit, maybe a little slower. I don't usually drive slower than the speed limit, but I may have this day. And I don't really know exactly what I was thinking, but I know what I was feeling. I was feeling really down. I was feeling very depressed that day. And I pull up to the stop sign or stoplight and this truck pulls up right next to me on the other lane. And we're sitting there and I look over and he motions me to roll down my window. And so I roll down my window thinking maybe my car, something was wrong with my car or or whatever. And so I rolled down my window and he just yelled a profanity at me. And then he just drove off, leaving me feeling really down, even worse. He didn't know what I was thinking, what I was going through at that moment. He judged me. And my point is we tend to do that a lot. Perhaps it's somebody that has a different hair color than you or piercings or tattoos. You know you have people probably in your life that you tend to judge. Maybe it's a different skin color, different language. My friend... Don't be quick to judge other people. You have enough to worry about in your own life, don't you? And if you're the person that is getting judged, people are judging you for your brokenness, man, I am sorry. That shouldn't be happening, but don't let it get you down. Use your brokenness for the good. Use your brokenness to help other people. Embrace it. Now, okay, I know it's easy for me to say to embrace it because I may not have the same brokenness as you. You may have a very debilitating brokenness. I don't know. But all I can say is if you don't embrace it and don't accept it, you are going to be in for one miserable life. You can't change it. Accept it. So how are you going to change your attitude about it? How will you use it to help other people? Well, that's a good question. So my, my second point well, the first point was don't judge other people's brokenness. My second point is you need to reflect on your own brokenness. So think for a moment about your own brokenness. Now, I know nobody wants to intentionally think about their brokenness, but trust me, I think you can find it helpful. I just confess to you my one of my brokennesses, my, my weaknesses, and that's uh, I, a lot of times I have trouble with certain words to enunciate correctly. Well, this goes all the way back when I was a child, still working on it. 
But what's your brokenness? Think about it. Usually there's an outward behavior that is masking the brokenness. And so is your outward behavior overeating? Maybe you gossip all the time. Maybe it's some form of addiction or you have an anger problem. Maybe it's short temper. Maybe you're obsessed over something and you can't stop thinking about it. Or maybe you have a fear of rejection. Whatever your outward behavior may be, allow it to enter your mind and and stay there just for a moment. Reflect on it. Weep over it. Cry over it if you want. Tell God that you hate it if you want. It's okay. But don't beat yourself up. You may have tremendous guilt and regret over your brokenness, but don't go there. And I have to say this, God is a God of forgiveness. God invented forgiveness after all. So I do want to put up a little uh, warning here as as you are reflecting on your brokenness. You may have experienced some very horrific events in your life. And it may become way too painful to reflect on your brokenness right now. So my warning to you is you may want to talk to a close friend or that you trust or a counselor before you keep listening. I I promise I'm not going to get too graphic. I'm not going to do that. But I know that certain topics can bring out certain fears and certain anxieties and triggers. And I don't want to make things worse for you. I want to make things better. So if you feel like you are just can't keep listening because you can't get through your your brokenness, whatever has happened to you, whether you, maybe you have witnessed something or something has been done to you, then it's okay to push the stop button or push the pause button and maybe listen later. That's okay. I just want to make sure you're doing okay at this point. Okay, so I had to say that. So our brokenness usually originates from one of three factors. So uh, our brokenness, there's typically, I would say, three main reasons why we're broken. One is biological. Uh, I said this uh, a little bit earlier, that biological could be anything with our bodies. Uh, Maybe uh, for me, it's a speech problem, maybe a physical problem for you. A sinful problem, we're born into sin and then we have sinful bodies. It could be environmental, the place that we're living, the situation that we're living, or it could be situational, things that have been done to us or we have done to others. So I think our brokenness comes from those three main factors. So for some, brokenness can be biological or hereditary, and, and it could be depression, anxiety, or some other disorders. Or brokenness can be a result of environmental factors such as poor living conditions or a hostile or chaotic or toxic lifestyle. Brokenness can also be developed from situational factors such as abuse, neglect, trauma, loss, etc. But whatever the cause, brokenness is still brokenness and it can cut very deep. It could be debilitating for some. And the Bible has a lot to say about human brokenness. 
You know, words found in the Bible, such as despair, anguish, suffering, they all describe brokenness. From Genesis to Revelation, the Bible talks about human brokenness. And the moment sin entered the world was the moment that brokenness began to crush the human spirit. And you don't have to read much of the Psalms to see how the writers are broken before God. The people who wrote the Psalms, those are real emotions. Whether you believe the Bible is true or not, the words are true. The people were, were true. They were talking about true emotions. The story of Job clearly shows brokenness. How can anyone recover from such loss? If you know the story of Job, that's one of the, the Bibles or the books of the Bible, Old Testament of the Bible. Look it up. Read it. It's not that long. The book of James. James tells us that we should consider it pure joy whenever we face trials of many kinds. And the Apostle Paul says we should boast in our weaknesses. How can they say such things? How can we boast in our weakness? How can we accept the horrible things that have happened in our lives and, and the brokenness that we have and have to endure in our lives? How can we be joyful with that? How can we boast in that? Where does James get off saying that we should consider pure joy when we face trials of many kinds? It kind of seems obvious that James really doesn't know what he's talking about. Or what about Paul? We're supposed to boast in our weaknesses? Come on. They must not really know that much about brokenness, right? Wrong. The, the examples of James and the Apostle Paul, if you track... Now, there, this is historical here. So don't I don't want to lose you saying that if you don't believe in the Bible. This is historical. And there are a lot of other men and women in the Bible that have suffered. And they know more about brokenness than a lot of us will ever experience. The apostles were tortured beyond comprehension for their faith. And they suffered greatly. Yet they still, they could still place their hope and confidence in God in the midst of their suffering. James and, and the Apostle Paul were tortured for their faith. So do they know much about brokenness? You better believe it. And I think that's the key to, to be able to place our hope and confidence in God in the midst of our brokenness. Of course, that's my opinion. What you do with your brokenness, that's up to you. I'm just here to encourage you. And this is why, as a therapist, I can say to a young woman who was raped, there is hope when all hope seems lost. This is why I can say to a single mother whose life seems to be crumbling around her because of her relationship with her husband or something happening to their child, I can say to that young mother, hang on, this too will pass. And this is why I can say to the father whose son attempted suicide, it's okay, your son's going to be okay. Life will go on. And I can offer, without a shadow of a doubt, the hope of Christ, no matter what one's brokenness may be. 
because Christ himself was broken. Again, this is historical fact. This is not some religion, religiosity. This is a fact. Look it up. You don't have to look in the Bible. Look up historical documents. A man named Jesus Christ lived. That is a historical fact. And he died. And he was crucified. That is a historical fact. He was whipped. That's a historical fact. That's brokenness. That's being judged. So I can offer the hope of Christ. I can talk about God for those who want me to talk about God. Because there is hope. Because even in our brokenness, we're going to be okay. You know, when I think of uh, more of a modern day, if you will, example, I think the best illustration about our brokenness, it can be found in the book Hind's Feet on Hind's or High Places by Hannah Hernard. It's an old book. It's a great book. It talks a lot about our brokenness. And, and in chapter 12 of this allegory, the shepherd is talking to Much Afraid. A woman walking on her journey of pain and sanctification. And this was a book that brings comfort to those who are broken. And I think I would highly recommend it. It's Heinz Feet on Heinz Places, High Places. And I'll put it on my show notes for you to look up if you want. So you're broken. I'm broken. Now what? At this, at this point, there's not a whole lot more I can say about our brokenness, your brokenness, my brokenness. And you have already admitted that you have weaknesses, I'm sure. And you have reflected on those weaknesses and your brokenness. Now I would suggest that you would take those weaknesses and your brokenness and use it for the good. Don't allow it to get you down. Don't allow it to keep you from enjoying life. I know it can be hard. Find it somewhere deep inside you to keep living, to keep moving on, to keep helping other people, to not judge. You can do it. I don't know what your particular struggle is. I don't know what your particular brokenness is. But I do believe that your life will go on. And it could be a good life. So I want to encourage you to accept and embrace the brokenness that you have in your life. And I want you to encourage, or I want to encourage you to accept and um, be okay with brokenness of other people, especially the people that rub you the wrong way. Can you do that? Would you do that for me? Would you do it for you? That's awesome. Well, this ends this episode. I I can't tell you enough how much I appreciate you staying and listening. And uh, I just a couple of, I would love to connect with you. 
uh, if you're out there and you're um, listening to this and, and if it's helped you in any way, whether it's this episode or maybe some other episodes that I have done, if you could reach out to me in, in any form, I'm, I'm very, very social. I'm on a lots of different social media. Twitter is probably the, the one I'm on the most. And my Twitter handle, if you will, is John P. Cordray. Or you can just go into your search uh, on t- in your Twitter account and look me up. I would love for you to just to say hi. I have quite a few people that will send me a tweet and just say, wow, you know, what you just said really spoke to me. I can't tell you how much that really encourages me to hear different people say that. So if this is encouraging to you or, or, or maybe a different episode, would you reach out to me? Whether it's Twitter or maybe uh, leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. That'd be awesome. I would really appreciate that. And the other thing I've been doing uh, is uh, doing a lot of periscoping. And you can see me live. <laughs> That's kind of scary <laughs> for me. Um, but I'd love to, for you to connect with me there. And, and you, can, if you have a Twitter account, then you can uh, get your Periscope app and find me and follow me. And if you follow me, every time I do a Periscope, you'll, you can get a notification letting you know that I am live. And, and if you miss it, you, can, you have 24 hours. Uh, it's re-recorded and you can watch it again. That'd be cool. I would love, I'd love for you to come by and say hi. Uh, you can go to my website at johncordray.com and you can leave a little comment there as well. And if you're a therapist in particular, uh, in the mental health field, then I appreciate you listening as well. I have something that I'm working on. My desire is to help as many people as I can. And the best way I know how to do that is to help the helpers help people. And so I have put together a, uh, a boot camp, a nine day boot camp. It's completely free, no strings attached, but if you go to free private practice course.com, and you'll see a little video of me and a little bit more what it's about. Sign up for it. Again, it's free. Every day you'll get, for nine days, you'll get a, uh, a little tutorial on uh, step-by-step on how to open and start and launch your private practice. I would love to help you. If you're a therapist, reach out to me as well. I want to help you help others. That's my goal. All right, friends, I'm going to let you go. Have a great day or afternoon, or night, whatever whatever uh, uh, time of the day you're listening to this. Just have a good one. I appreciate you so much, and I hope you come back and listen to more or, or go back to my archives and listen to some others. Uh, you are great. You are awesome, my friend. Have a wonderful life. Catch you later. Bye-bye. You have been listening to The John Cordray Show. Remember, your story isn't over yet. Together, we can break the stigma of mental health. Together, we can make a difference. Be sure to catch the next episode of The John Cordray Show. Until next time, stay in the green zone. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands
hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.